Hello there, and welcome to Blue Milk Latte Star Wars Podcast. I am your host, Kent Blue Milk Latte Solace, and with me, as always, aboard the Blue Milk Latte Star Cruiser is our trusty co-pilot, Chris Christophsis Mead. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, welcome back. So this week we have uh, all things Chapter 21 of The Mandalorian, titled The Pirate. We're going to be going into... Uh, the, our thoughts and uh, our little bit of a review here on the episode. Um, but before we get into that, let's go over our Star Wars adventures from this previous week. Chris, uh, why don't you kick us off? Uh, this last week, what have I been doing? Watching Mando. Being sick. Being sick. Well, that's not Star Wars adventures. That's just <laughs> life adventures. Yeah, you can make it a Star Wars adventure. You can make a lot of things a Star Wars adventure if you try hard enough. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I've been uh, been working on my, my, my Star Wars Lego sets. Nice. Which uh, ones? Uh, I'm building the, the new set of helmets. So I've built Cody already. I just finished Rex, and I just started uh, Bosch uh, yesterday. Nice. Nice. You were saying that you really like the Bosch one. Does that still hold true? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Out of the three that you're working on, would you say it's probably the best one? Uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I put it off to last because it was the one I was looking more, most forward to building. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. Cool. Um, and as for me, uh, lots of Star Wars adventures, watching Mandalorian, watching, uh, trying to get caught up on Bad Batch. I'm almost there at the end. Not all the way at the end. Uh, um, let's see here. Oh, yeah. I got a new tattoo just today. Um, it's an Arabash, uh, and it's uh, symbols for the letters M-T-F-B-W-Y, which stands for... May the Force be with you. Or it could also I'm gonna I should come up with another silly acronym so I could mean say it means like I don't know like may the something I don't know I'm not witty enough right now I guess uh, I, could, I could probably figure may out the funnel way. cakes be with you sure sure yeah um okay so <laughs> I got that it was pretty cool I'm uh, really excited about it it's on my right forearm I'm kind of going along with the rest of my Star Wars as tattoos kind of slowly but surely filling. That right, that right arm up. Um, and any other Star Wars adventures? I'm just making sure. Oh, uh, we did some rearranging here at our little uh, podcasting area slash studio slash garage. I thought, was, I thought we were podcasting live from the uh, Luma Glotti Star Cruiser. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We're also there, too. <laughs> so we're redecorating the Star Cruiser? Yeah, we're saying? redecorating the Star Cruiser. Okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah, Stay yeah. On brand, yeah, yeah. I love it. I, yeah. You keeping me on my toes. I love it. All right, sounds good. Um, so, Star Wars event as of the moment of this recording, Star Star Wars Celebration kicks off tomorrow. Yep. We were gonna do a whole side episode. In fact, we actually I think did do a whole episode about what we were most looking forward to. But uh, me being the tech genius I am, we lost uh, some or partial or most of that recording, so we never got to publish it, unfortunately. But we'll do a quick, just a very brief impromptu. Um, cause the big announcements we're assuming are going to be coming tomorrow in the Lucasfilm showcase panel. Yeah. What, um, what's your like number one wish that we get tomorrow? Uh, Ahsoka full trailer. Ahsoka full trailer. Yeah. Well, they will have an Ahsoka panel on Saturday. Right. But I feel like so I think they'll, they'll debut the trailer because I mean, tomorrow, what other, what is, what's their next highest, uh, anticipated project? Um, after this. Visions, maybe? I don't know if you would consider that right. well, super visions, high. 
Well, Visions already has like a set like release date. I'm yeah. surprised we don't. I mean, I'm sure we'll get a trailer for that as well. Yeah. But I think the next big thing everyone's looking forward to is Ahsoka. <coughs> I, I mean, I can't really think of anything else because they, they've canceled all the movies out. There's only a couple of them that's still in development, and they're not even at the point of view where they're like filming anything. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like I mean I feel like that the two things, a couple of things we're gonna see from there is they'll they'll do Ahsoka trailers and then. Skeleton crew stuff. I feel like there might be skeleton crew like a sizzle reel. Yeah. But they probably won't put it on, on YouTube. They'll yeah. probably just be for the room. And they're currently filming Andor as we speak this very second. Right. They're filming it. Right. So, yeah. Maybe uh, in, maybe just a like 10 second sneak of something. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I, I think all the Andor guys are going to be there, though. Isn't yeah. Diego okay. Luna those guys going to be on site? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think, I think, you're I think right. there's an Andor panel. So, yeah. They won't do that, so they won't necessarily have to do that thing where they like cheap out, like they did with the, um, like they kind of did a celebration where they had Rosario wasn't there, so she sat along like a like the sizzle reel, yeah, like, yeah. like on set things like look at me, I'm in makeup <laughs> and it's so much fun filming this. I hope you guys are gonna love it. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Cool. So Ahsoka trailer, that's what you're most okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, for me, as much as I'm looking forward to all of the upcoming projects, and also as much as I love the Disney Plus stuff. I'm a big in-theater, old-school, give-me-the-popcorn-in-a-bucket theatrical experience guy. And I am very excited for Star Wars to possibly come back you know, to the theater as early as 2025. That's the long-standing rumor. So I'm very excited to be getting some... Con- we have Rumor Mill here and there, a ton- Damon Lindelof. We got Taika Waititi throwing some stuff. We got a whole bunch of other names of uh, other directors, writers, creators thrown out there. I'm very much so looking forward to some very solid announcement of a title and possible casting. And then... Although, not to get your, your hopes up, we had all that with uh, Rogue Squadron and then... Kapoof. Kapoof. <laughs> well, we never had a cast for that. We pretty much just had a title. No. We had a title, a logline, and Patty Jenkins. Well, and we, then... And she shot that little, like, that little short video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they put that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, I, where we're at now, like that's all we're gonna get out of celebration tomorrow is yeah. like the same type of thing. We'll get a title, uh, a director, and you know maybe a that's, synopsis. That's that's enough. That's enough for me. Right. And and as much as I hate to get all uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know corporate America on stuff because that's not what Star Wars is about. But Bob Iger, the returning CEO of Disney, right? He is very adamant about making sure that Star Wars gets back in the theater. So I feel like when he's kind of back there, you know, requesting things, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and I, obviously we hope it's good too, but I think that provides a lot of urgency and with urgency provides hopefully a lot of resources for them to get, get the balls moving. My other, uh, my other favorite rumor being this last week, a lot of, it's been popping up a lot, is there's a lot of chatter about uh, the Lando series. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was one that they, could, they kind Donald of Glo- Donald and, Glover and says he's been in talks, but he can't really say anything yet. Right. I feel like that's like a teaser for a big announcement yeah. in the next couple of days. Or maybe tomorrow they're going to like, they'll just trot everyone out on stage tomorrow and you know bring them all up and be like, look at this. We're starting production on on uh, Lando series starting yeah. this spring. Spring. <laughs> Spring of Sprinter, Sprinter this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Christmas Day is when we'll start. Yep. 
Yeah. So anyway, uh, as of the time of this recording, it's the night before celebration. When you guys are probably listening to this, it'll probably be right in the heat of celebration, as it were. Yep. Um. So, uh, yeah, those are just some of the things we're looking forward to. Uh, whether or not they happened, time will tell, and you'll probably know right now. Yep. But those are just some of our wishes that we made uh, the night before. There you go. All right, guys, let's get into Chapter 21, uh, The Pirate. Um, it is the fifth episode of the third season. Um, it debuted on Disney Plus, obviously. It was written by showrunner John Favreau and directed by Peter Ramsey, who is one of the co-directors on um, the Amazing. No, was it Spider Man? The one with Miles Morales. Uh, Spider Verse. There you go. Into the Spider Verse. Yes, that one. Uh, he directed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, you know. Let's see. Produced John Favreau. <clears throat> For you editing nerds, it was edited by uh, Jeff uh, Selbenek. Uh, running time, 36 minutes. And uh, we get Carl Weathers returning as Grief Karga. And uh, some other uh, fun, fun as a couple fun cameos here. Um, let's see. What were your general, before we get into the meat of the episode here, what were your general thoughts on this episode uh, the, afterwards? Do you enjoy it? Do you have a good time? Uh, this episode's good. It's uh, I rewatched it today uh, in kind of a preparation for the episode for recording night, and uh, uh, it's yeah, it's really good. It's one of the more tonally consistent episodes this season. We'll say. I feel like there's a lot of episodes that are kind of like all over the place. They're very like segmented and yeah. like uh, you know bisected, yeah. and this one feels just it's kind of the same thing all the way through. Yeah, I kind of hate the term, but I'll use it. Uh, some of the episodes do feel just slightly Frankenstein together. Yeah. Like they were filming some stuff for this episode and that episode. And like, hey, can I use that five minutes of this to like bookend this thing sort of? Right. Yeah. So, but this one, yeah, it definitely feels like a very concentrated effort and a concentrated story. Yeah. I mean, it does have a weird diversion in the middle of it, but it's still, I mean, it ties, it, it's directly ties into how the rest of it plays out, but it has like a, the weird detour to Coruscant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, besides besides uh, the last two episodes of season three, which we have yet to view, uh, this is my favorite of season three thus far. Um, just because there's a lot of stand-up cheer moments. There's a lot of like uh, stuff that just makes it feel like Star Wars to me. Like uh, just it gives you, uh, you know, that sense of fun, that sense of hope, that uh, sense of wonder. You know, yeah. gives you all, all, all those feels, which uh, I really appreciate about the episode. Um, yeah. So going into the episode uh, story beats here, it starts off with Gorian Shard invades Navarro in retaliation for Vane's expulsion. Um, Gorian Shard is that dude that was name dropped like three or four times in the right. in the season or in the episode of the opening episode of uh, season three. Uh, Grief Karga contacts uh, Carson Tiva, asking for help before evacuating the people from the city to escape the attacking pirates, um, suspecting that the attack is a prelude to a new rise of the Empire. Um, Tiva informs one of his superior. Oh, hold on, sorry. Da da da. Backing up here before we get into the the Tiva stuff. Um, it is kind of interesting that Navarro is still an independent planet. Right. To me, um, I mean, it is kind of like on the outline worlds there. But um, do you think at some point it might become part of the uh, New Republic? 
No, I don't think the way the way this episode ends, I don't think it will. No, because like that's kind of the whole thing at the end is that the you know Mandos have a new home and that they can you know essentially be like the protectors of the planet. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So getting back to the thing, suspecting that the attack is a prelude to a new rise of the Empire, Tiva informs one of his superiors. Um, but Colonel Tuttle shows indifference, telling him that the New Republic doesn't have enough resources. Um, let's see. Also, in the midst of all this, we get a very fun cameo. We get Zeb, which yep. I wasn't really sure it was him at the beginning. I just thought it was another one of his species yeah. there. But it turns out it's definitely him. They've confirmed in well, I mean, the voice poster is the same. material. Yeah, it is the same voice. Yeah. But I feel like in Rebels, he was more green. And no, no, I'm wrong. He's always purple. He's always purple. Hair is green. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Hair is green, but Zeb has never been green. No, he's always been bluish, purplish. Yes. Damn. All right. Well, never mind. Maybe that right there confirms. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some stuff. Did you see all the other uh, cameos in that scene? The back too? of heads. Yep. Yeah, we got. Uh, I forget the name of their flight crew. Do you remember the name of the, like their uh, squad? Well, yes, Resetiva is like uh, uh, wingmates. Who? Who are his wingmates? The 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 one rebel guy that we that goes to Coruscant. Yeah, Tiva. Yeah, it's his his uh, his wingmates. Yeah. Mm. For from his squadron. Oh, that's true. That is here. We're gonna yeah. get we're gonna get that name right now. I should have had it. Uh, ready to go. So Trapper Wolf is play. Dave Filoni plays Trapper Wolf. Wolf. Right. We get to see the back of his head, and I thought it was just like an Indiana Jones kind of homage because you just see like the back of like this cowboy hat sort of thing. Um, yeah. So him uh, and Rick Famuyiwa. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? She directed all the episodes of Kenobi. Um, blinking and blinking and blinking. Deborah. Deborah Chow. Deborah. There we got there. Hey, you got the last name. I got the first name. We got there. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Da, 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 oh, gosh. I'm not going to find it. I will find it. I won't find it. Well, his name is Trapper Wolf. That's the character that Dave Filoni. Anyway, it's a nice cameo by them. They We got to see them in uh, season one uh, blowing up uh, some stuff, kind of, you know, coming in there and saving the day. Or well, they were they the, they fly in they blow up um, that one uh, the dude who sent them on the space prison yep yeah that hired Din to go on the space prison maybe. yeah um, so yeah they're in there a lot of fun cameos um, so Tiva he uh, oh man that's another there are a lot of cameos in this episode because um, Tiva also goes um, and ask for help from the New Republic, but it's turned down. And then we get uh, Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows, who plays a character named Tuttle, which I kind of I, I I didn't know he was a colonel, but yeah, Colonel Tuttle. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, ladies' man is Colonel Tuttle. I don't know that 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 whole conversation is great. When, yeah. Especially when, uh, although we get also another one of our favorite uh, cameos by uh, what's her name that uh, fried uh, Pershing's brain. Yeah. Is the, too. the wrestler chick. Now we're doing real bad with names today. <laughs> this is not a good day for names. KDM O'Brien as Elia Kane. Elia Kane, Elia Kane yeah. is in there. My goodness. Whew. We're struggling. Yeah, we are. Um, just, hey, actually, this real world stuff. Chris is getting over being sick. I'm obviously still getting over being sick, even though I think I got it way before he did. So... 
Just work with us here, guys. I'm sorry. We I thought prom- you asked where my secret was. What's your secret? Uh, Blue I milk? Did, no. Come on, man. Stay on brain. Oh. I know. I uh, Honestly, I uh, I take those airborne gummies. Yeah? Yeah. They work? Yeah. Can I have some? Uh, I don't have any with me right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Getting back into the episode. Uh, Colonel Tuttle shows indifference, telling them the New Republic doesn't have enough resources. Tiva tracks down the Mandalorian covert and asks Din Djarin for help. And how does he find the covert? R5. Oh, yeah. R5 was a sleeper cell droid this the, entire time. Okay, so if everything in the episode, that's the one thing where I was like, eh, Does that track? Eh. So wait, does that mean that him like malfunctioning in A New Hope was all part of the grand plan? Well, it also... Because there is those jokes, like if R5 didn't malfunction, R2-D2 yeah. might have... That might have set the course for the entire thing like totally differently you well know? and also like the weird thing is is that if part of what is weird is that okay so i if my timeline is correct r5 is not bought in new hope no and just is on tatooine until din Djarin picks him up in the mandalorian takes him off planet yeah but then that's five years or right. no like seven years but then uh what's his name tiva or tava or whatever yeah uh says that Oh, I used to fight with him in the rebellion. Yeah. So how? When? <laughs> how? I mean, he does. He malfunctions. He goes back with the Jawas. Maybe he like leaves the Jawas. Well, I mean, I think no, or maybe the rebellion think, buys them off the Jawas. Maybe the Jawas fix no, him up. I, I I feel like it has to predate uh, a New Hope. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he was R five. Might have been like Astromech on a. Uh, he really wasn't a, a sleeper cell droid then. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. there you go. Oh, you guys didn't know we we're gonna get R five theories. Well, I mean, we didn't even get into the weird R five theory, which is he's a Jedi. <laughs> you heard this one? This is a real no. thing. This is a real thing. No. Go so ahead. if you do the uh, A New Hope from a certain point of view, yes, there's a whole story in there about R five, and uh, <laughs> how like he self-sabotage because he knew r2d2 was important yes. and he wanted to help the rebellion that makes sense and it kind of implies that like r5 might like you know have the force sure just like jar jar is a sith no it literally does this is a real <laughs> thing that's no, like i believe you i believe you that's almost canon almost it's more canon than jar jar is a sith <laughs> all right Fair this enough. actually is referenced in the official Lucasfilm published materials. Fair enough. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Okay. All right. Going back into the episode here. Uh, so Tiva asked the Mandalorian convert for help, um, specifically Din Djarin, and Din convinces the covert to come to Karga's aid despite their prior confront- confrontations with them, uh, more or less having their place of residence blown up and having to abandon the uh, planet. Yep. In season one, which is a pretty epic battle. That's back when, <clears throat> I hate to sound like an old grumpy Star Wars, but that's back when the Mandalorian was serious. Well, back when Navarro had a bunch of air pollution. And yeah. It was grim and dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry there. Um, Bo-Katan assumes command of the attack force as the Mandalorian's, uh, Wow. So we got a nice little quick uh, locker room speech with Bo-Katan getting them all like pumped up like, you guys are going to do this and you guys are going to do that. It's pretty nice to see her in like a command leadership role again, not just like being emo on a on a Mandalorian throne. Right. Yeah, it was kind of nice to see that. Um, <clears throat> so 
Bogotan, yeah, she assumes command there, and then uh, they attack obviously the city. Uh, Din and Bogotan are going to provide air support from up above, while the Mandalorian covert goes in and kicks some butt. Um, as they overcome the pirates in the city below, Din and Bo-Katan engage the uh, shard shards fighters above, realizing that. Uh, and then this is pretty like like a good ten minute battle sequence actually in between this and the next thing I'm about to say. Uh, realizing they are beaten, Vane flees while Shard is destroyed destroyed along with his command ship. Um, what did you think about? I, I, so I felt like. A lot of cool stuff happened in the ensuing battle. One of which was we saw in the trailer with the Mandalorians dropping Drop, out yeah. v- via jetpacks, and I felt like that was super ripe for like a ride experience at like Galaxy's Edge. Right. Well, like, I mean, it, I mean the, the Resistance already has something kind of like that. <coughs> yeah, but at the very <clears throat> end, <clears throat> you could do kind of like a not a not a roller coaster. But like a coaster type of thing where you assume that you're wearing like a jetpack. Okay. And then the jetpack is kind of like how you're flying. Okay. That could be pretty sweet. Yeah. No, yeah, you could do that. I've never read the Tron Legacy ride. You have? No. No? No. Tron, Tron just opened like this week. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's in Japan, huh? Well, it just opened in Florida this week. But yeah, but previously it right. was in Japan. in Japan. No, I rode on the Guardians ride. I didn't do that And one. that was epic? That was epic. Okay, cool. But nothing like this. The closest ride that we'd be at Florida that's be kind of what you're talking about is the uh, Avatar ride. Okay. Okay. Well, I think it's right. I also thought, though, not that they're going to turn every single thing into a ride. Uh, going back to the season two uh, finale, when they have that TIE fighter, when they show like how they launch. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, Out yeah. of the uh, Destroyer. I thought that was pretty freaking sweet. And I thought that that was also ripe for a ride experience uh, at Galaxy's Edge. Again, that does happen at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Where? The end of Rise of Resistance. I mean, you, you're you just... You dr- launch just like the TIE Fighters do. Yeah. Well... Yeah. You no. Drop. You drop straight down and fly towards the planet. You're more. You're not flying towards the planet, though. You're dropping towards the planet. It's a little different. You have jets. You're maneuvering. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right fair enough all right just hey just go to the rise of resistance for all the stuff i'm talking about sorry guys um i see you have some notes there are we missing anything thus far um well, i guess some stuff earlier on oh okay i want to go backwards or wait till the end yeah we can go backwards real quick because we're almost uh the the bulk of this episode is the 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 battle which is again pretty freaking sweet if you guys have seen it you guys know exactly what we're talking about if you haven't please go watch the episode soonish uh, and watch it because the it has some of the best uh, Star Wars action we've gotten in in, in, a, in a while, especially on the Mandalorian. Um, All right, and, here's a here, here's here's my uh, tough question of the of the episode. Run it. Is Navarro the new Tatooine? Uh, mm, no. I feel like we spend a lot of time in Navarro. Well, I think it's Mandalorian's Tatooine. It's like his unofficial. Right. Well, that's, it's that's, like that's his. Uno- I mean, it's his unofficial base of operations. Because I think we've had at least one episode every season on Navarro, and I think we've had like three on Navarro this episode this season. Then we've been Navarro like three different times. Yeah, and then the first season we were there like three or four episodes, three three episodes. Yeah, and then season two we were there at least twice, at least once. 
and, maybe twice. And, and somehow uh, that rebel pilot is convinced that Navarro is the key to the First Order, question mark? Yeah. I mean, okay. So <laughs> we're five years after Return of the Jedi. The Empire isn't totally, totally gone because I believe the last stand of the Empire is actually at the Battle of Jakku. Yes. Which doesn't happen until 9 ABY. So we're about four years, we're, we're four years away from that. So we could be building to the Battle of Jakku, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. Um, go for all you guys that read Aftermath and the Aftermath trilogy. Although, hey, Chris, you're one of them. Yeah, although Did, we might be, we'll be a little further along because remember, we're five ABY in season one when we meet um, Mando. No, not Mando. What's her name? Cara Dune. Cara Dune. Yeah. Like specifically says like five years since since the the start second start. Yeah. By the time we get to season three, given the one to two year training gap that's built into it, yeah, we're actually right up on we're right up on ABY nine ish right now already. Maybe because we're because we're about we're, we're we're at least three years from five ABY right now. Yeah, because there's because Favreau's confirmed there's at least one or two years of Grogu training with Luke on uh as a, as academy. Yeah. Well, so, okay, where I'm going with this, uh, I feel like it's very soon for Carson Tiva to be suspecting anything, because right. for all, no, I know. All, all all intents and purposes, I feel like uh, he would know, like, the Empire just got their ass kicked. Right. Well, that, that, and, like, they're more yeah. or less gone. Like, why would he already <sighs> be, well, I, I, then again, I don't know. We would need to bring some uh, some World War II vets on the show or something. Because, like, after we beat the Nazis, and then right. some of them fled to Brazil. Or no, not Brazil. Chile. Right. Chile, Brazil, wherever. South America. Um, did, Like, were they already expecting, like, oh, the here's, Nazis are probably going to come back within a year. <laughs> here's, my, here's my two cents on, on some of that. I feel like this episode is, like... One of those like backdoor pilots to Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah. But we're not getting Rangers of the New Republic. So it's like a backdoor pilot to nothing, which is kind of frustrating because I feel like we, we <clears throat> finally got to see what Rangers of the New Republic would have been about. Yeah. Would have been them cruising around trying to figure out if the Empire is coming back from the dead. Yeah. Or what's, you know, how, what, how they're amassing on the outer rim. And we're not going to get it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's also very safe to assume I think that the quest that Carson Tiva was conducting this in this episode would have gone to Cara Dune had Gina Carano still been around. I think she right. would have been the one to kind of like be like, "Hey, something's smelling very fishy out here, and we need to get to the bottom of it." But now that she's obviously uh, not in it, Carson Tiva is kind of taking on that that role. Although I saw a headline that says she might be back in, but I didn't actually read the article. Yeah. Then I might bring her back. I don't clickbait. Know. Yeah, it probably was clickbait, but yeah. I didn't read it. We'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. Karga. Let's see. Vain. Okay. We're, the battle's over. Mando's won, thankfully. Pirates are gone. It was just a very fun episode. I, I just, again, I just want to say how much I love this particular episode. Um, Karga and the people of Navarro express their gratitude, welcoming the Mandalorians back to the city. And uh, the armor meets with Bo-Katan, acknowledging the Mythosaur's reappearance as an omen that Bo-Katan, who is the one who can re- reunite all the Mandalorians, 
and has her remove her helmet to symbolize. That scene was so this was crazy. Where she's like, take your helmet off, and Mokuna's like, it's a trap, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and has her remove her helmet to symbolize this new position that she can, as 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 the armor would say, walk between two worlds. Or right, yeah, something like yeah, yeah. something to that effect. And you know, I, I feel like we've seen. 10 times as much of the armor as I thought we would ever get. Right. I thought she was a very cool appearance in Mando season one. And I thought, you know, that would be like, kind of like, Oh, she's going to make stuff for the Mandalorian. Cool. Right. I didn't know that she would have this important of a role. Right. To come future, you know, seasons later. Um, it's pretty interesting. We still, I feel like she's still very much so steeped in mystery. Like we, as much as we've seen of her, we still really don't know that much about the armor. I feel like she has like a hidden bag of. Yeah, I feel like she's got some kind of agenda. Yeah, it seems because it seems really weird that she's been all like, "Never take your helmet off." <laughs> then you took a helmet off. You're no longer a Mandalorian. Yeah. Get the heck out of here. And now she's like, "Hey, you know what? Take your helmet off. <laughs> <laughs> take it off. Put it back on. Take it off." And then, yeah, it was like, <laughs> you know, and then it's now like, we need to bring all the Mandalorians together, even the ones that take their helmets off. Those guys are cool now. <laughs> it was a really, like, the whole scene is kind of like, like, I don't know what, I don't know whether, I don't know what she's building to. Like, because, like, what happens when the Gallows Mandalorians show up, you've got someone helmets on, someone helmets off, they're all supposed to be working together. Did she try and convince the ones with the helmets off to put all their helmets on? Yeah. Are they it's just kind of cool because we're... I mean, she does do the whole speech about the forges, which kind of gives it, which I which I'm hoping is kind of showing her her intense or altruistic, where it's yeah. like, well, you know, the great forge on Mandalore was super awesome, and this forge was not as great, but you know what? They're both forges. They both did what they're supposed to do, and that's kind of like her saying, like, well, you know, Hamilton, Hamilton's off. We're all Mandalorians at the at the heart, and so we need to be you know put our differences aside or yeah yeah i mean we could just chalk that up to character development but at the same time something much in the way that carson tiva thinks that something's fishy out there i think something fishy there's something fishy about the armor yeah and and then one thing that's even weirder when you watch this week's episode because there's some other questioning about who's a mando who's not a mando Mm -hmm. in a way that i thought was settled yeah i also feel like it's going to set up some drama like a little bit in the sense of like uh kind of taking from harry potter stuff like you're gonna have like your pure blood people and then your mug your mug bloods and uh, yeah it kind of feels that way yeah you know like the but it's like but everyone's gonna think the other group is the you know tainted ones where like the helmet helmet off guys are like well these guys are the the heretics and the zealots yeah and the helmet on guys like well these guys are the heretics and zealots so yeah not in i mean i'm you could fix that all in one episode by like the armor just like admitting to like everybody old new whatever she takes her helmet off and says we are no longer doing whatever i guess that's how you could fix that yeah but if i was one of the helmet on guys i'd be like really i have this helmet on my head the last 20 years of my life i smell like baked beans ma'am <laughs> yeah and you're just like now we're just cool taking our helmets off like what the hell yeah 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 i was two years away from retirement yeah <laughs> yeah anyway um you can see how many of them have mustaches <laughs> yeah they all have mustaches <laughs> yeah that's only that's the only thing they take their helmets off for is to eat and uh to Trim their mustache. Yep. Their mustache. All right, guys. Bookend scene here. Very important. 
Very, very important. On his way back to Adelphi, Tiva encounters the wreckage of Moff Gideon's prison transport, which is a Lambda shuttle. Pretty sweet. I love Lambda shuttles. Yeah, those are pretty cool. I had a toy of one when I was seven or eight, and I loved the crap out of it. Anyway, so anytime I see a Lambda shuttle in anything, I always kind of geek out a little bit over it. Um, so it's supposed to be Moff Gideon's transport, which went missing during transit. Upon scanning the wreckage, a fragment of Beskar alloy was found, suggesting that Mandalorians may have broken Moff Gideon out. Dun, dun, dun. Which is kind of a... It is rumored that he's going to be rocking some Mando armor with some epic horns and stuff, so... Right, but like, okay, so here's the thing. We all know Mandalorians are functioning currently post, you know, in the Rebellion era, post the destruction of Mandalore as mercenaries. So why are we so surprised that there's Mandalorian Beskar in there? Somebody just hired Mandalorians to break him out. Like, duh. (laughs) Like, it doesn't seem like that's as, like... Betray like at this moment of betrayal, like he plays it out to be like, oh no, Din screwed me over by well, freeing Moff Gideon. Well, yeah, but did someone just hired a group of Mandalorians. There's a bunch of them running around everywhere. Yeah, maybe he hasn't been exposed to that side of it yet. He thinks that they're all kind of just like Din. Maybe I don't know. I don't That's know. just a guess. Um, I feel like one of the scenes coming up is going to be him going back to the covert, being like, "Hey guys, which one of you guys broke Moff <laughs> Gideon out? I know it was one of you guys because I saw Beskar there." And they're all looking at each other like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the uh, heavy, the heavy Mando Pazuzu is just going to choke him out. Right. What are you talking about? <laughs> or he doesn't sound like Batman. That's a very bad voice. What are you talking about? He sounds. I don't know. I mean, I guess. I mean, but it, if it is, if it is Mando's being hired, it would be Bo Katan's Mando's post. Uh, uh, her not getting the dark saber and them like you know oh yeah so they would do it without her knowing it because she yeah. wouldn't have told them, she wouldn't let them like break Gideon out because they are kind of doing their own thing right now un- yeah. without her without her <clears throat> being guns for hire yeah that you're onto something there buddy yeah. we can't talk about next next week's episode which is the week that we should be doing right now but yeah. Yeah, there's some stuff that I'm sure you guys have seen. Um, we won't spoil it for those who haven't, because uh, we don't know where you guys are at in your viewing, uh, viewing ship of the Mandalorian. Anyway, um, I think that's all we have for you guys this week. That's the end of the episode. Actually, Chris, actually, uh, what would you rate this episode out of ten? Mm, this one's pretty strong. It is pretty strong. Uh, it's pretty consistent. Like yeah, I said, it, yeah, the yeah. plot falls through, and isn't there isn't like the weird bookend that doesn't yeah. tie in other than the Gideon thing. It's got some amazing action sequences. Yeah, it's got Tim Meadows. Tim doing Meadows that, like saying that like cameos galore. Zeb's back. You're yeah. looking forward to Ahsoka. My, my favorite Tim Meadows line when, is when uh, they're like, "Oh, they're not a you know, pro player." He's like, mm, "Not looking good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, shoot. This might be maybe nine. Okay, I'm gonna go solid eight. Okay, which actually kind of worries me because I'm wondering. I we're kind of hit and miss on our out of ten rating system here on the Mandalorian stuff, but I kind of wonder what I would rate a lot of the other episodes this season so far. If that's if that was my favorite of the episode, actually, no, you know what? I'll adjust. I'll go eight point five. Well, I think we've we've put a lot of them as like sevens and eights so far. Yeah, leaving room for like the next will be amazing at the end, like every, every other season. Yeah, because I think there's only three episodes that I could give a ten out of all the Mandalorian stuff. Right. Um. One. Let me count. One, two, 
Maybe two. No, three. Three, three. There's three. Two prison episodes. Uh, <laughs> no, not the first. The first prison episode was like a 9.5. The second prison episode uh, is a 10. Okay. And then season two finale. Right. Is a 10. Right. And then um, the uh, the tragedy episode where Grogu was taken. Okay. The end, we get the return of Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. Yeah. That's, that's, that one's a 10. That one's, one's yeah, pretty that's, awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, how many do you would you feel confident giving you ten out of all the stu- Mando stuff we've seen so far? Um, let's see. I don't love the prison episodes as much as you do, so definitely season two finale. Mm-hmm. I might, <laughs> I might almost give the f- first episode the pilot. Yeah, maybe. Hey, how funny would it be? So you know, like they all have names for these chapters. That'd be funny if chapter one was called, if it's, it's called The Mandalorian. Right. But it'd be funny yeah, if it was called just called The, the Pilot. pilot. <laughs> <laughs> and it was about like a like Mando having to capture a, a pilot. pilot yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the joke. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, cool. So I think that's all we have for you guys this week. Uh, Chris, do you have any other stuff? Mm, no. I think we kind of covered most of it. Okay. All right, so thank you guys so much for listening this week. We've actually been increasing our listenership. Uh, we've had some switching around things that are out of our control. Uh, we still kind of use Anchor, but Anchor was purchased by Spotify, so I don't know how it's working because I don't really push stuff out there that much in the Spotify direction, but something's happening out there, which has increased our, our listenership. So by, by just a very small fraction, but still cool to see more people listening. So if you're one of the new ones, thank you guys so much for tagging along with us. We hope you stay along for the ride. Um, we're marching our way towards a hundred episodes here pretty soon. Um, and please tell a friend and uh, follow. If you don't follow us on all of our social media and you happen to have that, whatever respective app, please follow us on that stuff too. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok. Um, rate and review on whatever podcast app you li- do listen to us on. That'd be much appreciated as well. Um, Chris, what would you like to leave with the good people? Uh, drink plenty of fluids and uh, eat airborne gummies. And then um, I'll say um, <clears throat> get some uh, Star Wars uh, salt and pepper shakers. You have a light side and a dark side shaker. Okay. Yeah, it'll make it'll make seasoning your food that much more fun. Isn't it just stormtroopers and Darth Vader? The salt and stormtrooper and pepper invader. That's yeah. There yeah. you go. Thank. You. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. May the force be with you. Have a good week. Mm-hmm. <laughs>